welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Welcome back everybody to the Retro Blood. We have now entered a new month. The month of giving, the month of uh, 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 taking, kind of. Uh, the month of uh, s- sending out food, being with your loved ones, being with your family, uh, coming all together. And of course, uh, this is the month of cornfields, the, the mm-hmm. month of, of scarecrows, and of course the month yep of crazy kids killing their parents for some sort of religious cult stuff. Because yes, this is the Retro Blood, this is J.A. Austin, this is James Klein, and we're talking all about the children of the corn. To start off, our Cornfield Scarecrow Month here on the Retro Blood. J.A. Austin, what's happening? It's a new month, it's November, Thanksgiving month, we got cornfields, mm-hmm. we got turkey, we got crazy kids killing their parents, we got everything. How do you feeling, man? Man, I love all those things. I love uh, I love crazy kids killing their parents. I love cornfields. I love scarecrows. I love crows in general, and I love eating at Thanksgiving. Um, everything's going good, man. I got you know I'm getting used to my Apple Watch. Uh, oh, did I tell you I got an Apple Watch? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw some pictures. Of that. How's that working out for you? Oh yeah, uh, man, it's doing it's going pretty good. Um, I, I don't know it it kind of does all kinds of weird stuff though. Like on my way home tonight, it was it has this weird decibel thing on. It was telling me I was listening to Van Halen too loud. <laughs> so you, you know, can never listen to van halen too loud come on now <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying but yeah other than that everything's going great man how how are, how are things your way oh this is going good i'm kind of interested about so i was thinking about getting one of them apple watches too you know what i mean mm-hmm. to get myself in that that whole gimmick but it just yeah. for some reason i just can't like get myself to wear a watch and i know you were kind of like that too right you it's it's, mm-hmm. it's exactly. so hard how, how has it been back, like how, how did you like get over that <laughs> Uh, I just kept wearing it, man. Like I, I had actually never owned a watch before. Um, like I, I don't think that I've ever owned a watch in my whole life that I can really remember. Um, so try, I, and I really w- started wearing it because of its fitness aspects. Yeah. But um, uh, the other day I forgot to put it on, and I felt like I, I missed it. So I, I think I've become a watch guy now. Okay. Nice. So, so it wasn't it wasn't that hard actually. So yeah, you yeah. just have to. Cause I was wearing it. I was thinking about using that because I, I think that'd be a lot better at the gym to just bring in my cell phone and stuff. Because I know you can connect like music and headphones to it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I might be joining you in that category here later on. Yeah, uh, we'll but, be watch bros. But uh, but first of all, don't tell your boy Isaac or Ma- Malachi that you have a watch because they would definitely kill Dude. you and send you to the field. Oh yeah, yeah. No technology. Yeah, no technology. It's, our, it's, yeah, no technology yeah. in this land, brother. It ain't happening. Mm. All right, buddy. So we are starting out, like I said, a new month here uh, of the Retro Bled. But like every month, 
we talk about the history. The history of what was going on in pro wrestling and metal music around the release date of The Children of the Corn. So and we'll get into a full review of The Children of the Corn here in a little bit because I have a lot to say about this movie and uh, these crazy kids. But um, this movie was released on March 9th, 1984. So we have done um, this month before. We actually did it um, when we talked about the house by the cemetery. Mm-hmm. But we do have a couple of new things that we haven't talked about yet. Um, so one, a couple of things when I was doing my research for the history segment. Uh, a couple of things I found was, let's go with the, the pro wrestling first. Because the music I found is fantastic. So we'll just talk a little bit about the wrestling. So, so this actually happened um, a little bit... I would say, like right after the right after release date of this particular movie, um, okay. and what's uh, pretty interesting about this one, it actually has a pretty big uh, attendance uh, record for this particular. Um, I think this was like a house show they had going on for this for this time. But it was probably like you know back in the day they had like bigger house shows, um, you know, than normal. But mm-hmm. the main event of this one is pretty pretty wild. And I don't believe that we talked about this main event before, so it should be pretty interesting. So this event was held at, in St. Louis, because you know St. Louis is always a big wrestling crowd, and this oh, and yeah. this was actually the day right after the Children of the Corn was released. So we have March tenth, nineteen eighty four. So check it. So check out this attendance: ten thousand seven hundred fifty two people. And check out the two main events they, they, they were watching. So the first up, we have Wahoo McDonald defeated mm-hmm. the NWA Missouri heavyweight champion Harley Race in a non-title Indian strap match. Wow. Uh, okay. We have, so he was the yeah. heavyweight champion of Missouri? Yes. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Harley okay. Race was, yes. We, we've talked about the yeah. Missouri heavyweight champion yes, before. But um, but it's just crazy seeing him face Wahoo McDonald in a strap match, non-title by the way, and of course he won, uh, he defeated. So Wahoo Wahoo won, but he didn't win the belt, brother, because it was a non-title affair. Yep. So you know, two two big guys out there whipping each other around with, with straps and shit. That'd definitely be pretty fun to watch, I would say. Um, but here's a pretty crazy match, which I would definitely love to see it because, you know, this guy was bumping around everywhere. The main event was Bruiser Brody fought the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair to a double disqualification, brother. Just imagine that shit going wow. down. Yes. That would have been a match to see right there. Flying everywhere. Flair's flying yeah. everywhere. Brody's up there, madman, just throwing oh, him yeah. around shit. Double yeah. disqualification where they both load blow each other. Who knows? Yeah, I can just see uh, Brody like slinging him into the turnbuckle and he does that thing where flair flips over the turnbuckle and he goes outside and then falls on his face like i'm sure he did that I'm, I'm, i bet that was a great match oh yeah so yeah definitely so we got a pretty hot uh a couple of little wrestling things going on over here uh, after we watch some you know some some corn mazes once we see some uh, uh sacrificing of, of souls and shit on the children of corn mm-hmm. what are we gonna watch we're gonna watch Brody, Brody, bruiser brody beat the shit out of rick flair can't yeah, beat that. Can't can't go wrong with that. Sounds like a pretty nice weekend to me. Yeah, it was probably more violent than this uh than this movie was. I'd probably say so. 
Yeah, I think this movie was, we'll, we'll talk about it more, but this one was more about the story, I guess, than the actual, like, gore and violence and shit. So, uh, but before we get into the whole movie, though, uh, okay. So, I wanted to do the music section for this particular release. So, so this album didn't come out <clears throat> kind of near the beginning of, uh, you know, at the release date of Children of the Corn. Um, Children of the Corn is March 3rd. Or no, March um, 9th, 1984. And this particular album came out March 27th of 1984. Mm-hmm. So we're still in the same month, just a couple weeks after. Okay? But, so, what what, what we talked about before on, on episodes is my love for the hair bands. Hair metal. Hair metal brother. I love it. I mean, we talked about fucking Dokken. Love those guys. Probably mm-hmm. my top favorite. Yep. Hair, hair bands. Even though, even though you can, you could, you could debate of them being like a normal rock band. I, I, you know, but they do, they do have the hair metal aspects in a lot of their songs. They do, they do. Uh, we had fucking uh, uh, crazy nights. Okay, oh, the Japanese yeah. ones. Which is a fucking, shitty album. <laughs> this, it's fucking great. All right, we had fucking. Uh, uh, you know, we talked. We had Kiss. I mean, does Kiss count as a hair band? I mean, I guess a little bit. Uh, in this era, yeah, they definitely count yeah. as a hair band. In this '80s era, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. we have you know we we talked about a good a good amount of them you know especially during our Black Roses uh, review. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but I haven't talked about them in a while. All right. So the one I wanted to bring up was actually a one that I by by doing my research with this movie I have discovered for the first time, and boy, they are fantastic. And I'm well, wait a minute. Now you you've only discovered this for the first time because I know what you're going to say. I, you you could only be talking about one one very famous album that came out this month. But yes. it's hard for me to believe you've never heard this before. No, I see. Okay, so I I've heard I when I was listening to them and watching their music yeah. videos, which I will describe here in a second. <laughs> all right, I've heard. I think I heard like their famous track because it, it sounded familiar. I'm pretty, okay. you know, because like some of the the whole song didn't sound for, familiar, but the hook did, you know. And uh, sure. by the way, what we're talking about, everybody, what I'm talking about is a band known as Rat. Rat. All two right? T's. But two T's, brother. We don't want, no, we we don't need one T, brother. We need two T's because we're that yeah. much crazier. All right? Yes. Bro, these guys are fantastic. All right? Yeah. Out like, of the cellar. Out of the cellar, brother. Okay? Um. So, first of all, the look... I mean, my God, you talk about '80s hair, okay? These guys are the fucking one guy. Actually, in one of, one of the videos I was watching, um, I think it was called "Back for More." This mm-hmm. this dude, uh, part of the band, walked into the fucking like <laughs> he walked into like this like restaurant or diner or something, and he had the poofiest blonde hair. And I was like, "Fuck, bro, that looks like me if I was in the '80s." <laughs> All right, fucking poofy, yeah. poofy blonde hair, fucking jean jacket on, grabbing up all the girls. I, was, I love it. So the um, the album is obviously you know out of the cellar. It's actually there. So they had an EP before this, and the EP actually was get, getting a lot of attention. So they this is when they released. I did some research on this band, so I know. So the EP that they released was um, uh, it, it got a lot of ten, it got a lot of traction around um, California because that's where they kind of all moved. So you had like the uh, the the singer, and then you had the the guitar person. They they all moved to kind of California, and they kind of formed this band. Um, so, you know, this is like pretty much their full, full album. And then from there, like all their albums before this in the eighties were all dominant. Like they all went platinum. 
So this band was a pretty pretty big deal. Now, when I was yeah. listening to them, I was like, okay. You know, they're awesome and everything. And I was watching a lot of their videos and stuff. But I wouldn't say they're as good as, like, Dawkins or nothing. But they are a pretty good uh, style of that band. Uh, like, a good 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 amount of a hair mantle band. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's hard to compare any other guitar players to, to George Lynch, though. I mean, that guy's an incredible guitar player. You know, Dawkins guitar player. Yes. But, you know, I mean, this is a good album. Rat, Rat is a band that in the last few years I've kind of come to respect to to uh to to see value in because i used to hate i used to hate rat because i just saw it as just like typical like hair metal bullshit but they're actually really really good i mean they they're, they're really good the songs are really good um they're uh, warren d martini and um what's the other guy robin crosby they're yeah. both really good guitar players um this one was the start of like when they got i guess got really big like out of the cellar with with yeah. the big hit Round and Round, which is probably their biggest song. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about, Round um, and Round. Yeah, Round and Round. And then then their next album, Invasion of Your Privacy with Lay It Down. And um, yeah, they were, they're very, they're, they had like three, at least three albums in a row that were really, really good. And uh, this is, I, I think this is their best album. Yeah, because, you know, so the the Robin uh, Crosby that you're talking about, he, he was the one who was in a band that they moved to California. And then you had, um, the 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 singer okay who was in a band called uh mickey rat all right mm -hmm. and with that one i think it was i think the the singer was uh jake was it let me see uh well the singer of rat is stephen piercy yeah stephen piercy sorry yeah so yeah because the the singer is uh stephen piercy and he was in that band mickey rat and then you know they eventually once those two bands that the, the other two were in broke up they that's when they formed rat and that's when they came out with that ep and the ep kind of grew up but then they came out with um with the with the seller album mm -hmm. but um <laughs> so like a couple things uh you know so I, i'll probably play uh some of the maybe like a video or two on the facebook mm -hmm. crates so everybody could check it out but boy so like we were saying before the one the song that i i, I recognize at least for the, the lyrics and the hooks or was a round by round um yeah. song yeah yeah so absolutely so that one was a fun one um that one was actually a pretty funny music video too because it had like all these old people in there and they were just like playing mm -hmm. upstairs <laughs> and then they right. were just <laughs> they were just like playing and then they were just like the old people were just kind of like looking at each other funny then you had just like one random girl just make her way upstairs and started a party with them Right. Well, it's kind of like don't they do a Geico commercial? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. With the yeah, where they're like, oh, we have a we have a rat in the attic or whatever, yeah. and then they're playing like round and round in the attic or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then um, the the song I don't really like the song too much. I mean, the song's okay and stuff, but their video for Back for More was pretty great. And it actually had at the end the guy who was like crashed on the motorcycle was actually their um, their producer of the album too because mm -hmm. apparently he started in a couple of the videos and stuff. But to me, this is a pretty fun album. Like bro, like back in the day, if I had my trans, you know, the Trans Am with the fucking jean jacket on with the frizzy uh, blonde hair, I would have fucking picked you up that time. I'd be like, all right, Allison, we just watched Children of the Corn. We just saw Bru Bruiser Brody at the beginning of the month. Let me rock your socks off for the rest of the month. <laughs> All, right? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to show you. <laughs> Go ahead. As I said, I get to see you just pulling up to my house with a T top open on the Trans Am and blasting round and round. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> bouncing it. And then, like, of course, you know, I, I, I would uh, ship it to She Wants Money. Uh huh. Yep. I would do Back for More the morning after. And, of course, Scene of the Crime, brother. And Wanted Man, don't forget that. That's a good song too. Wanted Man, First yeah. Song on the album. I mean, th- this whole album is actually pretty great. You know, I'll probably yeah, be rocking it, it. It really is. I'll probably be rocking it a little bit after this show and stuff. Um, but like I said, these guys, you know, the they have like the hair metal like tropes and stuff, with the flashy outfits, oh, yeah. the the glitter and shit. You know what I mean, like stuff like that. But poofy hair. To be honest with you, a lot of their riffs and stuff, like some of it was pretty like melodic and heavy. Like mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have a lot of it. Like. I think, like, the music was, like, a little bit, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, guitar solos and very catchy and like, kind of a little bit of, little tense of melodic. It just, the lyrics were more, like, love lyrics, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's what the band was trying to do. They, they were trying to market more towards, like, the, the female audience and stuff, which. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. like, I mean, I can't think of an equivalent today, but, but, yeah, I mean, definitely during this time, like, there was definitely a huge market and female fans for hair metal bands. Yes. That's why every hair metal band had a, had a, you know, a, a, a ballad on every, every album. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's something I've come, come to terms with in the last few years, honestly, is that, I mean, those bands were trying to do what was popular to, to, to sell records, but a lot of them were actually really, really good. And a lot of them, didn't deserve to lose their careers like they did when their Nirvana fans came around in the early nineties and got rid, you know, killed all that. Like a lot of those bands were really, really good and they, they, they deserve to have a career and they deserve to not, you know, have their whole careers destroyed just because they, this thing they were doing wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. Well, let's so be honest. Kind of, too. kind of sad. Really. Yeah. Well, let's be honest too. A lot of these like big hair metal band stuff, you know the drugs, the drugs and alcohol, alcohol pretty much also kind of like helped out the demise of everything that's, as well. That's true. So especially this band. Yeah. Um. One before we get into the movie though, and some stuff about the rat that I thought was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so like it has a very interesting story when it comes to their guitarist, uh, Robert Kirsby. All right. So mm-hmm. he um. He actually dated uh, during this time, and she's on the album too, like a famous model. Yeah. All right. Um, and let me see. What was the name of this model? The one that's on the cover of the album. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Kaitan. She's the one. She's the. Well, she married uh, the guy from White Snake later on. Yeah, but you know, she was dating him. You know, at this time doing the album stuff, and then it was later later known you know a couple years you know after this and stuff probably more into like the 90s that she started to dated oj simpson of all people mm-hmm. so i thought that was yeah. pretty wild so but um you know like i said a very fun band um you know unfortunately the the guitar player crosby he actually died june 6 2002 yeah. um so it was complications from aids so and, and but he actually they I guess he was reported that he died from AIDS, but he actually died from a heroin overdose. So, you know, a lot yeah, like yeah. singers and a lot like, you know, musicians and stuff, you know, a lot of drugs. And, you know, once you once you get on that bandwagon, it's kind of hard to get off and stuff. So, but, you know, yeah, the- and I, I know I was going to say, I know also that he had some kind of maybe due to the, you know, his AIDS diagnosis. But he, I know he also had some kind of like uh, 
problem with his kidneys or his pancreas or something, and he'd gained a whole lot of weight. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah it was uh, kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, he had a pancreas uh, condition. So yeah, definitely pretty sad. But apparently, you know, the uh, the rat they still tour to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still doing their thing and stuff. You can find some videos on them. But everybody, you know, if you haven't heard it before and you're a big fan of hair bands like I am, uh, check them out because they're actually pretty pretty decent. You know, like I said, like they they it's something you could play on and you kind of you know get the party going. You know what I mean? You could probably drink a couple beers and you know get getting ready for the party when it comes to the rats. So everybody, check them out. Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, speaking of all that, let's get into some of the uh, the notes here on uh, Children of the Corn. Stephen oh, King's yeah. Children of the Corn. You know, we haven't done like a lot of Stephen King uh, movies before. Um, Not yet. Yes. So you know, I the the, the last one we did. Um, um, let me see. I was going to say, have we done one? Yeah, yeah, we did Stephen King's Silver Bullets. When we did our oh yeah uni- yeah yeah yeah, we, yeah when we did our Universal Monsters Month, brother. <laughs> so uh, so we like I said we haven't done a lot of Stephen King movies, but we're we're working our way towards there. And of course, this is like one of his most popular um, movies that he's done, and one of his most popular, I would say, stories. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that story? Uh, yeah, so I can talk a little bit about the story, and I can also talk a little bit about uh, about some of the funny things about the production of this. So, as with most uh, as with most Stephen King adaptations, um, the story is pretty different. Um, Stephen King, if, if you haven't read any of his work, is kind of a um, he's a writer where there, sometimes there's not a ton of action in his stories. It's it's a lot of it is like happens in your head, so it's really hard to make most of his movies into. I mean, most of his books into movies, and they also usually have a metaphorical aspect to the story. So you'll have like what the the base story is about, but it actually is a analogy for something else, and they usually completely miss that, like in Pet Cemetery and other examples. Um, so this the story of this is a little bit different. I mean, it's basically the same, but the ending is completely different, and what it's about is completely different. Um, Basically, the story, it's a short story, and basically in the story, um, uh, the, t- the couple in it is named Bert and Vicky, and they're, they're, they're like fighting. They're like about to get divorced, and they're traveling across the country to visit um, one of their brothers. I think it's Vicky's brother. And um, then it becomes similar. That, that, this part, then it becomes a little bit similar to the way the movie works out, where they, 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 run, they, they hit the kid, and then they try to get the kid help, but and basically, in the short story, um, there's only two characters, the kids and then the two characters. And then they um, basically run from the kids the whole story. And then uh, she gets kidnapped and murdered by the kids. And he finds her, like, crucified in the, in the, she- in the field on one of those cornstalk crosses. And she's got her – they've, like, ripped her eyes out and put, like, corn silk in it and have put corn husks in her mouth and um, – that's basically what happens in the book, but the movie's a little bit different, as we'll see. So it's not; it's there's more, there's less like overt violence in it. Um, and when we talk about the movie, this will make more sense. But basically, the um, what they call the age of favor 
um, was in the in the book originally was 19, but because of of this failure, their god reduced it to 18. And so then everyone who was 18 or older um, just kind of walks into the field to be eaten by the monster. So that'll make more sense when we talk about the about the movie itself. But that's kind of a difference in how the movie end, the book ends versus how the movie ends. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. So, you know, just like a lot of uh, adaptions from um, Stephen King, and yeah. they change up a little bit, but you know, they still keep some of the main story together. Yeah, the production is actually more interesting than the, uh, oh, yeah? I believe, than the uh, actual story it is itself. Because originally, um, Stephen King wrote the screenplay for this, um, but. Um, they didn't like it. A producer of a famous producer named Hal Roach was going to make this movie. Um, and he got Stephen King. They got Stephen King to write the screenplay for it. Um, it was Hal Roach Studios. I don't know if it was the actual Hal Roach or not. But anyway, um, they, they were going to have Stephen King write the screenplay for it. And he turned the script that he turned in had uh, the Bert and Vicky characters fighting for 35 pages, like arguing in the car for 35 pages. And um, I don't know how much most people, most that listen to us know about filmmaking, but in a screenplay in a screenplay, usually one page is about one minute. So basically the first 35 minutes of this movie would have just been them arguing in the car. That's um, crazy. And then he, so then they got this other guy Goldstein to write the, to write a different screenplay for it, which added more violence and it created the two new characters that we have at the beginning of this movie. Uh, where they're not getting a divorce, but they're super happy to be together. Um, and then King and Goldsmith got an argument about it. And King told him that he didn't understand horror movies or he didn't understand horror. And then Goldsmith, Goldstein, Smith, Steen, one of the two. Anyway, Goldsmith, that's his name. Goldsmith told Stephen King that he didn't understand how mov that movies were visual and people had to actually watch them. Um, so they ended up going with Goldsmith's screenplay, of course, because it's it's simpler and has more violence in it, and um, probably for the better. It's probably a better movie than the one Stephen King would have written, I think. Anyway, maybe. Yeah, like freaking thirty minutes of them bitching. Oh my god! Yeah, I could barely. Right, that would have yeah, like that would have been right. <laughs> I mean, the movie was only what like 90, 92 minutes long, so thirty five minutes of that would have been them arguing in the car. Yeah. That's wild. Um, let's see. Anything else you got for us on that one? Uh, that's the big thing. I mean, it was a it was a failure, pretty much, um, from critics. Um, and it it did. I mean, it didn't do really well at the box office, but it did well enough. Like it only cost eight hundred thousand dollars to make, but it made like fourteen and a half million dollars, which fourteen million dollars in nineteen eighty four was still not great, but it was bad, but it was good enough. You know what I mean? Like it didn't yeah. cost anything to make it. So, and this was coming off of, uh, well, I don't know. Was it? So it has, uh, it has Sarah Connor in it. Was, is this before or after she made Terminator? See, that's, that's the one, be, that's the be one before, right? Yeah. So, so what's very interesting about this movie too, when you, when you bring up, um, you know, the girl that played Sarah Connor in Terminator. Yeah. Uh, Linda, was it Linda Carroll? Or uh, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, that's her middle name. Yeah, yeah Linda ha Hamilton. So, <laughs> I remember like when I was watching it, I was like, 
I know that girl from somewhere. I was like, where the fuck is this girl from? And I look at her, I was like, holy shit. Is that Sarah Connor? What the hell is she doing yeah. in this movie? So uh, apparently I she can't. she <laughs> so apparently she made this movie before she made um Terminator, but they were both in the same year. So this one came out yeah. in, in March ninth uh, of and then, you know, of nineteen eighty four. And then Terminator came out in October. So talk about like a switch around. Like you think it'd be like the opposite because you know, technically yeah. this is like a horror movie and Terminator I mean, it's more action movie than anything. Yeah. So, but like, it's just crazy to think in the same year that she did two really famous movies right. in the same year for not too far away from each other too. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it is. It is pretty impressive. And and now it's hard for me to separate her from from uh, Sarah Connor. I mean, I call her Sarah Connor. Exactly. So to me, Linda Hamilton is Sarah Connor. So like through this whole movie, when I was watching it this time, because I hadn't seen this movie in years, like yeah, many, many, many time. years. I didn't even remember most of it, honestly. It was like a new movie for me. So, but I can't separate her from Sarah Connor now. So I just keep thinking, like, oh, she's gonna kill all these kids. Like yeah, I just exactly. keep expecting her to like pull out like an M sixteen or something yeah, and just blow all these kids away. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, it just, it just, it's just very fascinating how that works out. Like, because you know, Children of the Corn, it's a pretty famous movie. I would say, I mean, obviously, this yes. movie, you know, over time had a bunch of sequels you know i think when the same filming company they only released like number one and number two after this but mostly it happened in the, in the 90s and then yeah. um then a different production company took it over and that's when they released a bunch of like three and four and five and stuff that got released a video and they did do a couple mm-hmm. remakes they actually did a remake that came out in 2020 which i never seen you know like to I me like children of the corner is always like you know something everybody has in their mind and think but to me it's like it's like I would say it's pretty famous, but it's not like anybody's like really go to. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It's it's definitely not a go to. But I'm yeah. wondering if like it's another movie that has an iconic poster, kind of like yes. uh, Hall- Halloween Three did. And I'm wondering if it's more famous for that cool ass poster than it is for the actual movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because you can, I mean, it's a good movie, but. You know, it's 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 actually a really good movie. It's just it's just I think that most people that talk about it ha- either haven't seen it really or haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And they you know they 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 had that more, that iconic poster with the hand scythe and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, more so. Than- but I will give them credit for you know some of it being shot in 1984 and everything. Very good effects. Very good camera. Mm. Very good camera work. Yeah. In this movie. <laughs> Has great camera work. The effects, eh. You didn't like the red cloud? (laughs) Oh, we'll talk about it. I can't wait. I love those. We'll we'll talk about it. There's parts of the movie where you can tell why it only costs like $100,000 to make. We need more negative. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so everybody, let's get into the full review of the children of the corn. Every child is afraid of the dark, the unknown. The nightmare in Gatlin, Nebraska. That nightmare is in the corn. <laughs> Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Praise God! Praise the Lord! Ah! 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 
Stephen King, the author of Carrie, The Shining, The Dead Zone, and Christine, an adult nightmare. Children of the Core. Stephen King's Children of the Corn, an adult nightmare. All right. So we start off the movie. And Allison, everybody, you know how we start off a movie called Children of the Corn? I'll give you like one guess. We start off in a cornfield. Yep. I didn't see that one coming, brother. You could have fooled me. What a swerve. I know. I mean, come on now. So up next, then we see we have like a window. It's like a window, church window. It's a Grace Baptist Church Gatlin. All right. Uh, corn drought and the Lord was written also on the window, which I thought was kind of weird. So we are in uh, Gatlin, Nebraska. Allison, you ever been to Gatlin, Nebraska? Oh, thank God, no. Have you ever have been, to, been Nebraska to Gatlin, Nebraska at all? No, I've never been in Nebraska. How about you? I can't say that I have, but is this what they have to offer? I think I'll pass. Yeah. This is probably exactly what Nebraska's like. Murderous <laughs> children and cornfields. Yes, exactly. I mean, duh, what else is there? All right, so... Um, so, we get... So, it's like the church. We see a church again. It's three years. Three years ago. That's what it's saying. And then uh-huh. we have this kid... Is talking, and the kid yeah. is named Judd. All right. Uh, yeah. Did I get that right, Judd? Uh, the little narrating kid. Uh, isn't it Job? Is it Job or okay, Job? The, you're talking about the little kid that runs away, right? Yeah. Yeah, his name is Job. Job. It's a weird but name from the Bible. It is. Uh, Job. Job is a Bible character. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I guess there's a lot of Bible characters. That makes sense for being some Bible town that they're in. Yeah. So, well, okay, yeah, we'll talk about that too, but yeah. <laughs> so he's like, basically, they're coming out of the church and he's kind of like narrating over everything. You know, he's saying like, you know, stuff about his dad, how his dad was good and everything, about, um, you know, taking him to uh, this diner afterwards. And he said he was liking this town before Isaac took over. Um, he said at this mm-hmm. particular time, his sister was sick, like she had some sort of disease, and his dad and everything was, um, you know, um, worried uh, about his sister. His sister, his name is Sarah, and um, she stayed home because she had a fever and everything, and Jode was saying that he was the only kid not in the cornfield that day. So he wanted to go to this diner and get a strawberry shake. And boy, did he ever. He fucking drank that thing quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while he's drinking his strawberry shake, he looks over and he sees Malachi Black. I mean, Malachi, brother. <laughs> Malachi Black from all my wrestling fans. I'm pretty sure that's where he got this name from. Probably. Well, Malachi is just like this. Uh, uh, Who do you know that's named Malachi? So, I, okay, I have a funny story about that, actually. Okay. Um. So... Um, there is, so it's, it's just like an old, like biblical name, right? Like an Amish name sort of, um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, um, there was a guy I knew that was a DJ, um, years ago. And when the day that I met him, like he introduced himself as Malachi and I'm like, that is not your name. 
I huh. can promise you that is not your fucking name. Yeah. And I refuse to call you that. Anyway. Anyway, Malachi. Malachi, the big bad guy from the movies. Sort of. Yeah, and this guy was like some fucking kid. Some angry ginger kid, basically. Yeah. And then we see this kid in the window with a little Amish hat on, with a little sinister look. His his Isaac. So during all those flashbacks, we see everybody looking. The kids are looking pretty uh, sinister. So the dad's trying to like call the mom because he was worried about his daughter to see. And then apparently the um, the daughter's fever was getting higher. Sarah's fever was getting higher. That's what the mom is saying. So during all this stuff, the kids lock the door to this diner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And apparently, somehow, I guess it was Malachi, he poisoned the coffee. All right. Yeah, I was a little confused about that because it looks like the coffee's being poisoned by an adult. No, but no, it was poisoned. That would make sense with the story. The there was a uh, a teenage girl that was working at the diner, and she's the one that okay. poisoned the coffee. Oh, we, right. we okay. saw her leave with the Malachi crew and everything. Right. So she was she was at the ripe age of probably sixteen at this yeah. time. We can't be nineteen. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So the kids also have knives on them and shit. And this is when they start fucking fucking killing up all the people in the diner. This oh, is when yeah. we see Sarah. She starts drawing her paintings. And then eventually they kill Jode's dad. Yeah. All right. And they fucking, uh, they, they fucking chop the, the shop owner's freaking hands and shit into that slicer. I thought this scene was pretty crazy. They just fucking kill everybody out of, out of nowhere. Um, so all the kids are like in a, like a trance, a trance like state right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is when Jode, am I saying his name right? Jode. Job. J-O-B. So Job. it's a Job with it. With the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like in the Bible. Well, I haven't, I haven't read a lot of the Bible. Allison. <laughs> <laughs> fucking right, Isaac, he'd enough. be like, he put me in that fucking corn cross in a second. Yeah. Like this fucking yep. sinner. <laughs> So, uh, so, so, what, what, uh, Job was saying, Job, Job, what he was, <laughs> I don't know if I can even say it. Maybe I'll just call him Jay. So, what he was saying all over was, uh, uh, that this is all these killings are happening all over right now. All right. So, like, it's happening all around Gatlin right now. All these kids are, right. all these kids are killing all their parents and stuff. Um, well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a little town, right? I mean, yes, you know, there's like 57 people that live in this town. I mean, there's like three buildings. I mean, you know. Yeah, no, this city was a pretty small town. I was like, <laughs> damn. So during this, we get all the credits now. Basically, I thought this was pretty creative. We see all of Sarah's paintings, and they kind of showed how the kids were like torturing and killing their parents in these paintings. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, then we have, um, you know, they were burning. They also showed that they were burning like electronics and stuff because they can't have any electronics and stuff like that. So this is present day now. We're at a hotel. We see a bunch of feet. We see a dude sleeping. And we have this girl who t- who is Sarah Connor, who is yeah. known in this movie somehow has Vicky. All right. Yeah. She is waking up her boyfriend. I believe it's the boyfriend. And it's his birthday. And the boyfriend, um, Peter. Um, Peter. Peter, yeah. yes. He was waking up Peter. And they are on a trip because Peter got a new job in the city to be a doctor. Well, he's uh, interning ship to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. But if you would have asked him, he's the best doctor known to man. All right. Because he was pretty... Uh... Go ahead. 
As I say, he he does kind of seem to know what to do through most of this movie, though. That is He's true. He's a pretty good doctor, in my opinion. It's true, but he does make some comments that I thought were pretty funny. So she asked, like, "What you want for your, you know, your, your birthday and stuff?" And he was like, "Oh, just to live happily ever after." And she's like, "Oh, is that a proposal?" And he's like, "No." Damn, cold bloody. He was just like, "No." <laughs> so she gives him a lighter. All right, remember that for later. And then yeah. she starts to sing some song about school is out. And I mm-hmm. thought that was weird that Sarah Connor was singing me a school song. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's uh, still weird. It feels weird, right? Yes. And then they're saying, like, they got to get to the hospital and they have a ton of driving to do. All right. Um, and then he's like, okay, the maid comes in and stuff and he has to take a shower and they're about to leave onto the open road. Um, so Peter is worried about his internship. And this is when we're going through Nebraska. And this is like, uh, this is when we get a lot of the kids from the Gatlin town. They're all sneaking around the farm and stuff. And this is when we meet, um, this is when we see, so we see uh, Joseph. And Joseph is like, he has a plan to escape because these kids, they're not, not all the kids like Isaac, you know? Like they think he's kind of weird and creepy and they don't like how he runs things. So after, basically after all these kids killed their, their parents, Minus Joe and Sarah and stuff, uh, and it probably Joseph as well. Uh, the the two main dictators are Isaac and Malachi. Yeah. So, but a lot of some of the kids don't really like Isaac because they, you know, he doesn't want them to party anything. They they basically just wants them to be like nomads or something. You know, like live off the grid and worship all this like gods that they're they're preaching to them. And yeah. Malachi is the big guy, kind of like the enforcer to the group. So uh, Joseph has an idea how to escape. His idea is, I'm going to take this suitcase, I'm going to run to the cornfield, they'll never catch me. Which is a good enough plan for an eight-year-old. Yeah. And then, of course, he didn't want to take Sarah and Joe because he's, they would slow him down. All right? But then I like how Joe was like, oh, yeah, don't worry about that, you know. Uh, I still play games and stuff. Isaac can't tell me what to do. So, but then Joseph was like, listen, you kids, you can't get me in trouble and shit and I'm going to go through here. Just keep an eye out, you know? And if you wrap me out, you're going to burn in, in eternal hell. Yeah. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> get serious. <laughs> yes. Um, so now we have um, uh, Joseph going through the corn maze and stuff after they, they said the coast is clear. So this is where we still see um, Peter and Vicky. They're still driving. Um, and they're, they're about to enter the town of Gatlin. Or like near Gatlin. They're about to enter that, that uh, particular place. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to play a game with each other. Saying like, hey, I see something. My eyes catch something with a C. Oh, corn? Ha, ha, ha. Okay. <laughs> It's still just as funny as it was the first time I heard it. Yes. Um, but yeah. <laughs> what a good one. So they try some music and just some angry preacher guy yelling yeah. at him. Um, they make fun of that. They make fun of that guy too. And then they, they we see a sign that says Gatlin 7. So it's like seven miles to Gatlin. Uh, we have Joseph in the corn. Uh, he sees a fake spider. Did you see that fake spider? Oh, that was pretty nice. Yeah, it was amazing. By the way, this movie had really cool music. Yes, it did. 
Like, that was like one of my favorite parts about this movie was the music. I was pretty surprised about how like good everything was on that on the music part. I thought that it went really well with the the whole package of the movie. Yeah, like in the uh, score. Yeah, you mean yes. or like the songs they used. No, the the score, the score mm. of everything. Um, so, yeah, Robert Elias. That guy's written a lot of really good scores for movies over the years. Yes, I did a great job with this one. Uh, so this is when we have the, a kid creeping in the woods, which is obviously going to be Malachi. He has a big knife and he kills Joseph. And after he kills or he slashes, he basically slashes him a couple of times with the big knife. And Joseph mm-hmm. uh, does escape, but he leaves his suitcase there too. Um, so now the couple is like looking at a map and stuff to kind of figure out where to go. Because um, they're like, they're a little, they're a little lost right now. And they keep seeing, you know, more signs for Gatlin. And they're just like, not, they don't even see Gatlin on the map. Like, it's not even on the map. So they're kind of confused about that. And, of course, uh, Vicky's like, hey, well, watch out. And then, of course, uh, Pete runs over uh, Joseph, who was already, like, fucking slashed up and he's fucked. But now he's definitely fucked. Now he's definitely dead. If he wasn't dead before, yeah. now he definitely is. He's definitely dead now. He got smashed by the car. Yeah. So the first thing this Dr. Peter does he checks on Vicky to make sure he's she's okay. And then he goes to check on dead Joseph over there. And yeah, well, I was about to say, he, he knows the kid's probably not okay at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> Sarah's like, is like, so is he? And Peter's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely dead. <laughs> so... uh so he says, like, okay, there's something, but, you know, Peter's like, hey, there's something wrong here, though, because, you know, I ran the kid over and shit, but he has a bunch of, like, slash marks on him. Like, it looks like somebody killed him before he even got onto the road and stuff. So he yeah. tells, he tells me to go inside the car and lock up. I'm going to go, you know, check out and see what's going on over here. So he checks out and stuff, and then he eventually, um, he grabs, like, a sheet and a crowbar, and he goes out into the, the cornfield, but there's a kid watching, which is obviously Malachi. Uh, watching uh, Peter during this whole time. And then, of course, uh, Peter, he finds that suitcase that Joseph dropped. And then, of course, the kid with the knife stalks. Uh, Vicky gets out of the car because um, she hears a noise. She's looking for a bit. Uh, so he's looking for a bit. And then eventually, she keeps calling out for her man, which we've gotten wrong this whole movie. His name is actually Bert. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was just going with it because, you know, it doesn't make that much difference. Yeah, is he? <laughs> Bert. His, uh, he's played by uh, Peter Horton. Yeah, so we got his name. We got, we got, the, got Yeah, we got yeah. the actor guy's name. My bad. Yeah. So, but it's Bert, everybody. Bert, <laughs> my main man, Bert, which is basically Bert Pete. And Vicky. So we got Bert and Vicky over here. Wasn't the Pete, wasn't he on the original story, though? No, it was Bert and Vicky in the okay. original story, too. They're gotcha. just different kinds of people. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, we got it, everybody. And then uh, the, the the knife is like stalking, and then Vicky runs back into the car, and she basically screams a little bit, but then she gets woken up, and it was all just a dream. So she's a little freaked out about this t- this town's that kind of freaking her out and stuff. And then of course, Bert yeah. Comes so she around. was asleep in the car. Yeah, and she dreamt. Like all how this long? Stuff. How long were they sitting there? I guess for a while, but like it was weird that she dreamt up Malachi, who was actually really stalking them. Yeah, and she hadn't met him yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. Joe and Sarah, they're now playing at the house, uh, and they're playing a lot of uh, 
they're playing with like a board game, like Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're saying like, you know, Isaac wouldn't like this and stuff, but they don't really care. They're going to play the Monopoly anyway. And then they right. started like going on about how, you know, what it would be like with their rich and everything. They start laughing at each other. And then eventually a knife gets thrown right down and it's Malachi. And he's pissed off that these kids are playing Monopoly and stuff. He's like, you take kids are going to come with me. We're going to go talk to Isaac and tell him what you've done. So this is when we have uh, Bert and we have Vicky. They're driving and, um, you know, they, they basically, what, um, what Bert did, he put the, uh, the dead Joseph, he put him in the car. Um, yeah. And kept, kept him back there. And I like, there was like one part where he was driving and they hear a little knock. He's like, oh, don't worry, that's just my golf clubs. <laughs> like, bro, bro, like, what did you think she did? What do you think Vicky thought you did with the body? Just let it there, lay it right there. So they yeah. want to go find like a farmer, you know, something to like get some more information to get some grown ups and tell them that this was an accident and what was going on. So this is when he was saying like, you know, um, you know, his throat was cut, you know, before we I even ran him over and stuff. So there's something weird going on over here. So he's also saying like, hey, I think we should open up this suitcase. Vicky doesn't want to open up the suitcase. And we're getting closer to Gatlin. So this is when uh, Malachi, he rats out the kids to Isaac. All right. Telling tell on him like a rat. Say mm. so, so they made their, uh, uh, they weren't there on the corn day. You know, when they, when they, they weren't in the cornfield on that day and stuff saying that. So then I found them out there, you know, uh, playing with these games and Isaac's like, she, I was like, I also found a bunch of drawings, and I was like, oh, you have the sight, don't you? So he's like, we need to keep her. So Isaac basically kind of gives him a pass. He's like, you know, since she has the sight and everything. Yeah, um, she can see the future. Yes. Kind of. So yeah. he wants, he knows that's very valuable, so he wants to kind of keep them going. So he said, like, they can just go back to their house. But Malachi's pissed. He's like, there's not going to be any punishment. And of course, I was like, don't talk back to me, Malachi. I am the word and stuff. This kid had a, like, a weird voice too. Yeah, I was gonna say that there is no one else that could have played this part other than this guy. Like, I don't know where they found this guy, yeah. um, or if he's ever been in any other movie other than Children of the Corn Two. But um, yeah, this guy was uh, annoying and terrifying. Yeah, John Franklin, that yeah. was the actor that played him. But yeah, he was uh, definitely apparently. Well, now he's in the Adams Family, a couple Adams Family. Oh wow, okay. He was in uh, some of the other Children of the Corn Six. So, <laughs> Children of the Corn Six. Yeah, though. I mean, come on. Can we have a better movie than the Children of the Corn Six? Come on, guys. I bet that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. So this is when we're back with uh, Bert and and Vicky. They're just driving around, stuff doing some more driving. There's no other cars around. They're kind of weird about that. And then Bert really wants to open the suitcase because um, he wants to look for news and, and maybe clues about what happened to this kid. They, yeah. And then they, they try to turn on the some the radio maybe for some news, and all they keep hearing is this crazy preacher guy. Yes. And then uh, when they actually open up the suitcase, they see a corn cross. And he thinks, and, and Bert thinks it's some sort of like folk art. It's like that crazy <laughs> folk well, art. Okay. Fair enough. So we're at a gas station. We always got to have a gas station in horror movies, by the way. Mm-hmm. So the guy, the gas. This guy needs some tools. Apparently, his dog brings him over some tools. Uh, yeah, he's been helping him amazing. out with, with that. 
Um, this is like his only third car in a month that he's worked on. Bert shows up. Uh, he puts the suitcase away. Um, he goes to, to talk to the, uh, tries to go talk to the gas station guy. And the guy's like, <laughs> before he like, Bert can even ask him anything, he's like, he's like, got no gas. He's like, Bert's like, I don't need no gas. He's like, well, I got no diesel. He's like, well, I don't need any diesel. Well, you can't use the restroom because you have to buy gas. <laughs> this is where <laughs> I started wondering why this part happens. So, wh- who, why is what I was my question? But who, who is bringing this guy cars to work on? Well, because the, like, the, they definitely imply they live way out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. So who is who is bringing who is bringing this guy? I also have other questions about this guy later on in the movie when something comes up, but who's bringing this guy cars to work on? And if he doesn't have gas, that kind of, um, there's a problem with that with something that the kids say later on in the movie. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of confused why this guy exists and why he's in the movie at all. I could, I could kind of break it down for you. But thanks, I appreciate that. So the guy, he, so we find out, you know, once we get a little bit more into it, he has like a deal with the kids. You know he what does. I mean? He doesn't die and he, he gives them gas. All right. So he, right. But what? So probably he doesn't tell strangers that he has gas because he needs to save it for the kids. Okay, fair enough. So and then, um, but the, the having three cars a month stuff, maybe they let them like, Maybe the kid's like, okay, you can have three cars a month. That's it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they got some sort of contract written out. <laughs> Maybe. Like, but what, what do the shit. kids use the gas for? Um, the kids use the gas to uh, gas up their flaming cross corn crosses. <laughs> that's what they use the gas for. Because <laughs> I way, thought that they talk about gasohol later on in the movie, yeah. which I thought was like gasoline made from corn. Yeah, well, that, that that's not enough though. He says that's not enough. Well, they need this other gas. And and how do they how do they how do they make that? Like I don't. None of this makes any sense. But we'll get there, I guess. <laughs> Maybe well, they, it'll make sense when we get to the end. Well, they make it because at the end we need it. That's why. Well, <laughs> exactly because because of the plot. Yes. <laughs> for the for the ending of the movie to happen, this has to exist. Yeah, and during all this time, the dog's freaking out, too. He's, like, barking at the fucking corn. All right? And then, uh, uh, he's, like, um, there's no telephone there, either. So, Bird's kind of getting a little a little upset. And then he's, like, hey, man, you guys probably just need to go somewhere else, like a bigger city. You know, if you go down there, you can go to, like, the bigger city and stuff. And Bird complains about how the old gas station's not helping out any. And then the, the dog keeps barking at the corn. Mm-hmm. And they never tell this guy that there's a dead kid in the trunk, right? No, of course not. Yeah. Right. You got to say that for the police okay. that they can't find. <laughs> right. Uh, so now, so a lot of times too, like the sky keeps changing, like near the corn, mm-hmm. like this like changing effect of the sky. Um, And then uh, the gas station guy keeps like begging a little bit. He keeps thinking it's the kids, but he keeps like, it's not. Um, so Bert's now driving up. He sees a sign that says Gatlin three and then Hemingford nine. So it's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. just go to the Hemingford. 
Uh, even though he's he was like semi like okay you know Gatlin's closer but the base the gas station guy was saying like oh you don't want to go there you want to go they don't got no phone they're too Amish right, <laughs> right. or they're they're like yes. religious folk right so they're driving down stuff after they go to the mm-hmm. um you know they're basically going to the uh, uh, Hemingford but the sign changes mm-hmm. to Gatlin too. All right, and yes. he's all like, "Hey, but there's somebody like messing with the science stuff. Like, what's going on? Like, it said like the Gatlin was three the other way, and now it's Gatlin two this way. Somebody must be messing with me." So did the kids change all the signs too? I guess. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I guess, or it's the actual cornfield itself changes its own signs. Huh? Yeah, maybe it's the 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 god, the yes. cornfield god. So the gas station guy, he is uh, freaked out by this wind because he knows what it means. And he hears a car shut. And so he's like walking around and stuff. Um, and then he's walking around and uh, he's eventually looking. He's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to break my deal and stuff. I promise. You know, I'm going to be, I, I didn't tell him nothing. I didn't tell that guy nothing. You know, like, like I... Like I always do. I always keep my promises yeah. to you guys. And then, uh, so now Bert's complaining more about the signs. Like I said before, the gas station guy, he just thinks like, oh, I'm just freaked out. Just the win. Like there's no crazy kids from the corn here trying to kill me. It's just the win. <laughs> uh, but then he opens up the truck and he sees the bloody scarf of his dog. And his dog has been killed by the woods or the kids. One of the two. Yeah. Sad. Yes. And, and then, then he was... Uh, yeah, then he, the, the gas station guy is basically like, you know, your bastards like, can't do this to me and stuff. And then he goes yeah. inside the, the garage and stuff. And then this is when Malachi was there. And then he he basically fights him and he calls Malachi a little devil. And then Malachi eventually like, kills him. Kills the gas station guy. So now we have Bert, Bert and Vicky's car that are going through a big cornfield. All right. And... That's when we hear that little rattling. That's when he said it was the golf bags. You know, mm-hmm. it was a dead body of a kid. Uh, yeah. It's like they basically go through like some corn maze. And then Bert gets stuck. Um, pretty much like how I probably got stuck. And mm-hmm. this corn maze is going the wrong way. Um, he's like, man, I shouldn't have listened to that old guy at all at the gas station. Gatlin's like, it was only like three miles the other way. I don't know what the hell's going on. Mm. Um. But here we are. We're stuck now. Yep, yep. So he's stuck a little bit. But now he's trying to get out there, and now they're trying to go, um, you know, back out to the other way. Okay, so this is when we see the kids, all right? And now they're all kind of like by like the uh, the little corn field area. Yeah. So, yes. So I have a question here too. Go ahead. So all these little kids <laughs> are, are dressed like Amish people. Yes. It's like, where did they get all these little Amish clothes? They had it already, like, built to them from their parents. They just keep wearing <laughs> the same shit over again. Uh-huh. Their mar- their parents dressed them in little Amish clothes? Yes, because we're in Gatlin, the Amish country. Well, I, I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. But, um, but the, the town seemed pretty normal, right, before Isaac took it over. Yes. They weren't all dressed in little Amish clothes. But then, like, afterwards, they all were in, like, Amish clothes. I just think it's weird. That's but, a little weird. You know. So we see a, a shot of the gas station guy dead, and then this is when we get Isaac's uh, and his cere- like his ceremony. Uh, you know, he's basically saying like the final test is at hand. The Lord is is, is telling me this, and his shape will will be a rose, 
Uh, he told me everything. Uh, he also told me about Joseph. Joseph tried to leave this place. And just like Joseph was cast off. And he was cut out. But now we're going to have the out the outlanders um, are going to be coming here. And we've been warned about him since we saw a picture of the outlanders and Sarah's drawing. Yeah. Uh, over here, we have to, that's uh, going to be another test for us to do. And it's, it's that it's going to be the, they're going to have more power and they're going to have more power than the blue man. Yeah. So the blue the man, God, go ahead. As we're saying, the God and Isaac says that their God only talks to him, which yes. is the first, the first thing to watch out for in, in any religion. Yes. If the leader tells you that God only talks to him, run the other way. Yes. Because he's about to do a bunch of fucked up shit. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how like this kid got all these kids to like worship him and shit. It's pretty. Yes. So the blue man is basically a dead cop that they put on like mm-hmm. a cross, like Jesus, basically. Yeah. So they also want to bring blood and sacrifice to the blue man. Everybody keeps saying blue man, blue man. So we we find out about the story about the blue man here in a little bit. So now they say praise God, praise the Lord. You know, with fucking Malachi, he's all into it. He's like, praise to God, praise the Lord, motherfucker. All right. mm-hmm. Malachi's really into this. Yes, he is all about it. So, uh, Bert and Vicky, they have now arrived in Gatlin. Uh, they're looking all around. They don't, you know, they're seeing all these pretty much abandoned places and stuff. The kids are all looking at them, too. You know, they're kind of hiding and looking at them. Um, they don't see nobody. So they go to the cafe, you know, from the uh, from the original place. They're trying to basically trying to find a phone so they can call mm-hmm. somebody about this dead kid that they found. This how they they didn't kill him, but then somebody murdered him. So and then this is when we see that when they go into st- different establishments, there's a lot of dead corn everywhere. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. So there's like corn husks and corn stalks everywhere. Yes. Like decoration. So they go to the cafe. They find a phone, but it's all broken off the cord, so they can't call anybody. There is no cell phones during this 1984 period. Yes. <laughs> or at least any like. I was gonna. Ones. I was gonna mention that. Like this is a, a movie that couldn't happen today. Yeah. Because they would just call 911 on the cell phone and, and somebody would come to the car. Or maybe what Malachi and Isaac do, they would destroy the cell tower so you won't get service. Well, yeah, that's 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 what you got to do now, right? Yes. Like, you gotta you gotta you gotta have the trope of oh my cell phone's not working. Yeah, but now now you also do like, oh, my cellular service not working? Well, let me collect this shit to satellite. Damn it. <laughs> now I got another hurdle to come over. No, uh, Isaac, he actually shot a bow and arrow up into space and destroyed a satellite from his god. <laughs> yes. So um, so now we see one of the kids, are they're grabbing like this big, I like how all the knives are very clean on this mm-hmm. movie. So this really, really clean knife, and then we see it right on the corn. It kind of freaks Vicky out a little bit. And then this is when Bert sees some kids outside trying to like rob his car and he goes running after them. And then this is when after he goes running out of him, you know, uh, he's trying to go chase him and stuff. And Vicky was just like, hey, you know, like, I think we should get out of here and go to like a bigger town or something because, you know, these kids and stuff, like we don't see anybody here. This is a little weird. Mm. Um, and I don't think these kids who try to rob you are going to be wanting to help you. Because Bert wants to find the kids so he can, like, t- you know, tell them what's going on. But Vicky's like, I don't know. This is too weird of what's going on. 
And then, um, so yes. like Bert agrees to drive off and go to the bigger town. But before they do, he sees a door open and close and he stops and he wants to go check out this house. So it's the house that Joe and Sarah are staying in. So he goes there. Mm-hmm. He's like knocking on the door and stuff. Nobody's entering. He goes inside. He looks around stuff. Um, he finds like uh, like an open paper, like a newspaper or something that happened like three years ago. So they thought that was a little weird. Um, so uh, they don't understand you know, what's going on in this place. And then they hear some noise and stuff. Um, they see some paintings on the wall, which are all Sarah's paintings on the wall. And then eventually they run into the girl, Sarah. And they kind of get like a little freaked out at first, like, what the hell? <laughs> and then they start talking to her and stuff. And, you know, they were trying to ask her questions, but she's very, like, very quiet. Not really giving her a whole lot of stuff. And uh, then she's, like, very, like, doesn't really give a lot of information. So she's like, hey, you know, where's your mom and dad and stuff? And she's like, oh, they're in the cornfield. And Bird's like, okay, well, they work in the cornfield and stuff? She's like, no, Isaac put them there. Mm-hmm. He's our leader. He's like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and then eventually, like, Bird's getting upset. He's like, listen, we ain't going to go, we ain't getting in here with this kid right here. I'm going to go to the down, uh, the, 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 the town hall and see what's going on with all this stuff. And then, of course, you know, Vicky was like, hey, you know, we might be able to get something out of her. And he's like, okay, you stay with her. I'm going to go to the town hall and we'll see. And if you think she can help, just stay here. And she's like, do you think it'll be stay- safe here? He's like, yeah, of course it'll be safe here. There's nothing weird sure, going why on. Not? Yeah. He's like, yeah. This whole town looks fucked up, but I'm sure it's yeah. fine. Yeah. He's like, this is a little strange stuff, but you'll be all right. Don't worry about it. This is when, uh, um, Isaac and Malachi are kind of going a little bit back and forth right now. Uh, Bert goes to the, uh, he goes by the school first. He goes by the Gatlin school, doesn't see anybody there. Then he goes by the Gatlin church, doesn't see anybody there. And he walks downtown. All the kids are kind of like staring, staring at him too, like creepily. Um, so now Malachi, he shows up with a bunch of kids at the, the house that Sarah and Vicky are at. It says, he who walks behind the rose sees the all yeah no sees the all so that's that's a little um dust on the window that was right there yeah um and that's their their god yes he who walks behind the rose yes be yes yes that, yes exactly um so there's uh, some kids stalking uh bert too so there's some kids stalking him and there's some kids stalking at the house as well so a little bit of both so Bert's in the town hall. There's corn everywhere. So this is like the kids are like kind of in the town hall too. And this is actually where they had some pretty creepy paint, paintings. I thought around there too. I thought there was pretty crazy. Some good good little visual art in this town hall because mm-hmm. the kids uh, made them like with like corn paintings and stuff. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So this is when Vicky, she's talking to Sarah about like the painting and stuff. And, and then mm-hmm. she looks at the painting that she's drawing because Sarah's like, oh, I'm drawing you. Is basically Sarah being sacrificed. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny, but it is. Yes. And eventually she hears a noise. She calls for Bert again, but it's not. It's Malachi and his crew getting there. Uh, because we have some more signs saying false god signs everywhere. This is what back at the town hall. Dead corn people everywhere. Uh, this is um, uh, Vicky. Then this is when Vicky sees Malachi um, when she goes down the stairs. And she's like, she's like, what do you want? 
This is what Ricky says to Malachi. And Malachi's like, I want to give you peace. And then he sees her and she runs away. He's like, get her. Hmm. So they kind of Because that's like creepy religious religious shit, right? Like yes. all the cults, they always want to give you peace, which means they want to kill you. Yes. So Vicky's now fighting the kids off and stuff. They eventually grabs her and everything. And uh, Bert is now, he's he's out the town hall and stuff, but now he's like kind of, after he saw like the dead cops and stuff that are all filled with corn and all these creepy pictures, mm. he keeps having flashbacks of like saying like, Vicky, is this safe? Is this safe? And of course, he runs back, he's trying to run back to the house because she doesn't think she's safe anymore. Vicky's screaming stuff and they're basically taking her away. So Bert shows up to the house as where's Vicky at? Uh, Vicky's in the uh, she's like <laughs> Vicky's in the in the farm with Isaac. That's what Sarah says. He's like, what the hell does that mean? She's yeah, like, he, she says she's in the field with Isaac, right? Yes. Yeah. And then like you know, Bert doesn't really understand what, what all that means and stuff. So this is when um, we're back at the field, right? And Isaac and Malachi are kind of going at it again. You know, Isaac's like, hey, you know, he only speaks to me and stuff, so you have to listen to me. And you were off, you know, first of all, you, you messed up because you killed Joseph without a sac without an offering. That's number one you did. And number two, uh, you killed the gas station guy when we needed his gas. And Malachi's like, we, we, we have enough. We have all this corn stuff. Don't we have enough? And then, and of course, I was like, no, we don't have enough. So we needed that stuff. All right. You listen to me. Okay. So, and then of course, Isaac kind of backs down a little bit. And then, of course, you know, Isaac is, after he's back, he's like, you know, what about Sarah and Jode? So, and then, you know, Isaac's like, listen, I told you, Sarah has the gift of the sight, all right? And he's like, don't judge my word. So now Isaac, I mean, Malachi blocks, backs up a little bit too. So we can see, like, you know, there's a little tension going on between the two of them, but Isaac's still, like, the kind of like the word. And it's basically Isaac's like the word, and then Malachi's like the, the muscle. Yeah, yeah, he's the cult leader. Isaac yeah. is, and and Malachi is the older kid that keeps everybody doing what Isaac says. Yeah, and then basically he's saying like, we know we all gotta get ready for tonight because of the offering. So this is when Sarah's telling Bert a little bit about Malachi. So Bert goes to he now he's going to the the field and stuff, and he wants to he walks through it, and this is when he hears the uh, the noise and the church bells. The church stuff is going on. So this is like this like crazy like preacher cross lady and stuff kid and then uh, so basically you know during those all this tough too they they put they put Vicky on the cross and this is when she knows shit is going crazy because she sees that dead cop uh, the blue man she sees him and she starts freaking also, out also on, also on the corn cross yes also on the corn cross too yes we have two corn crosses going on over here and of mm. course they scream kill 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 if we see another sign that says and a child shall lead them which is obviously talking about Isaac. Um, this is when we have uh, a knife is about to uh, cut a chest of a kid, and we see some weird paintings around everywhere. Um, he's uh, putting his blood into a cup. His name is <laughs> Amos. Yes. Amos mm -hmm. is his name. Amos, yeah. So basically what's going on with here is <laughs> apparently when you turn 19... In mm -hmm. this particular town, you have to sacrifice to the corn god devil, man. Yeah. Because well, you're 19. You go, they, 
they call it going to be with uh with him right yes going to be with their god yeah yes he's yes they're joining his god now because you're 19 you're at the age you can't be a grown-up over here it's kind of like can't be an adult it's kind of like a fucked up peter pan in a way yeah you know what i mean so yeah, you can't uh, you never go you never grow up because we kill you if you do yes so now Bert comes in. He's like, what the fuck's going on over here? All right. And of course, <laughs> Amos like, hey, it's my birthday celebration. And Bert's like, that's some sick way of celebrating your birthday. And then, of course, the girl, the little preacher girl is like, get out of here, Outlander. You don't belong over here and stuff. I- he's like, and then she started saying all this Bible stuff. And he's like, oh, you mean this? You can't just twist around these words and do all this weird stuff. And then he grabs the paper with everybody's list on there. He's like, all these kids look like they died early. It's like, yeah. And then this Amos guy was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. That's the, the, he's like saying like, yes, that's how we come and meet with our God and stuff. And then, of course, Bert doesn't really understand all the, you know, what's going on over here. And then eventually the, uh, the girl fucking just grabs a knife and attacks his ass. And then he eventually grabs the knife out of there. And then he eventually escapes after this, too. Yeah, so this is weird too to me. So this, so he, so through this whole thing so far, Bert's acted like like it's pretty normal. Like yeah. there's something unusual going on, but it's not crazy. And of course, he hasn't met Malachi yet. Yeah, but you know he, you know, like Vicky has. But you know, but he he basically walks into this church where this creepy ass preacher girl is cutting a pentagram in this kid's chest. And then draining the blood into a bowl made out of corn, and then drinking the blood, and then but instead of like freaking the fuck out, yeah. he's just like scolding them yeah. for for doing this blood ritual. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? I mean, like, it's he acts like it's just like a normal thing that they're doing that they just shouldn't be doing. But like, I I mean, I think a regular person would just like freak the fuck out and just like look i just gotta get the fuck out of here yeah he was almost I don't care what like, you're doing i just need to get out of here yeah he was almost out to like well you know kids will be kids like, <laughs> until like the fucking crazy girl stabbed his ass they also say right. like hey they also you know you can also see the tension like the kids were saying hey go get isaac or better yet go get malachi once they say malachi, malachi they're like oh they get kind of Ooh. scared so yeah, we can see that out. most of the kids are scared of Malachi because, like I said, Malachi is mostly like the muscle guy. Like, he's the killer of the group, basically. So after, you know, Bert gets out of there, he's, like, running away. All these kids start chasing his ass. And he's, like, running through the town and everything. You know, not pretty good chasing here. Uh, Bert, and then he eventually gets caught in the street. And they all call they all pretty much call him Outlander. Yeah. All right? And, um, all those Amish kids. Yes. And then this is when eventually, like after this, he he's kind of fighting them off a little bit, and eventually escapes from them, and he uh, uh, goes to the barn house, and all the kids um, keep attack, keep like you know past the barn house, and then Malachi eventually finds him in, in the in the barn house, and uh, Bert tries to grab a weapon and everything, and eventually knocks Malachi down, and then he runs right into a pole, and almost like fucking yeah. knocks his ass out. So after this, uh, Judd, Judd helps helps out Bert, and he hides him in a cellar. So he's like, you know, he's telling him, don't be scared and everything. It's just me and Sarah. And he's like, oh, Sarah, I know Sarah. Because, you know, this is when Jode, he hasn't met Jode yet. Um, and then, like, <laughs> so check this one out. I thought you would get a kick out of this line, Allison. So he said, oh, my, yeah, my dad built this uh, cellar. 
just in case the communists come and take us. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I remember I, I thought that too. I was like, so is this, is this happening because like the communists like uh, sent a nuclear weapon or something? Why or the fuck would communists go out to Gatlin, Nebraska? <laughs> brother, they're going to take my corn, brother. That's what they want. These communists want to take my corn. Exactly. This Thank damn you. communist. Like, why would they? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guarantee you, though, like in 1984, there were like bomb shelters in Nebraska, though, that people were terrified of the, the commies coming to take away their cornfields or whatever. Yeah, probably. So this is what he's telling this whole story about Isaac, you know, being a basically a young preacher that all these kids were listening to. A Jude, uh, Jude. Judd always says that he was like freak, you know, weirded up. He didn't really like Isaac. He just thought he was strange. He wished like he never yeah. came to the town and stuff. He wished he was never here. And Sarah's like, he was always here. He's been here the whole time. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of confused about that too, because that because Job makes it sound like Isaac came from somewhere else, but then Sarah yeah. says that he's always been here. Yeah. So does she mean that like he's been here since like the beginning of time? Or is he just a kid from the town that uh, decided to start this weird religious cult? Well, I think that he, you know, I think that basically, I think the cornfield created him in a way. Like, well, the, I thought about that too. Yeah, that maybe the maybe the corn maybe the he who walks behind the rose created Isaac. Yes. Maybe. So so right now Isaac and Malachi they're having like a little fight. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're 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 fighting with each other because they have two different opinions of how to bring out the outlander, how to bring out Bert, like how to lure him out. Isaac mm-hmm. Isaac wants to, you know, just uh wait it out and have him come, you know, to try to find his lady in the cornfield. Malachi yeah. wants to use her as bait. But, you know, Isaac's getting pissed off saying, like, yo, you know, you listen to me, all right? The, what what I, I listen to, the, the God tells me the words and I say them, okay? And, you know, basically, I, Malachi right now is just, like, not having it, all right? And he's, like, he pushes them down and everything. And, he, and then Isaac, okay, that's it. Get him, everybody. Go get him and stuff. What I'm saying is he basically starts threatening everybody. He's, like, if you don't kill this guy or nothing, I'm going to kill all of you and stuff and burn you in hell and shit. And eventually, all the kids, and then Malachi is basically just saying, like, listen, like none of these kids want to listen to you anymore. You don't do any kind of action stuff. Put him on the cross. So they eventually double-cross Isaac, and they put him on the cross. And boy, this Isaac guy was freaking out. I'll tell you what. So now we have three corn crosses. Yes. So this one, Judd was telling a little bit more uh, to, about the uh, the actual history of some of the, uh, the Gatlin to your Bert. Um, and then this is when Malachi grabs Vicky and he's bringing her across town and he keeps screaming out, Outlander, Outlander, come out here. I got your woman. All right. If you don't come out here, I'm going to draw blood from her and he cuts her face. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty crazy. This Malachi guy's nuts. And I'm guessing they already had these, they already had, they always, they just have these, these corn crosses pre-made. Yeah, duh. Just for such an so for just for such a, an occasion that yes. they might need them. Yes, for double crossing. They, they yeah. just yes. seem to come out of nowhere. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, like they had a couple in the spare time. You know, you got to do something in your spare time. You don't got TV <laughs> or nothing, so you make corn yeah, crosses. 
This is like their entertainment, okay? Sacrificing and <laughs> shit. So. This is like their entertainment. So, uh, so you know, Malakai's like, you know, you know, I'm spilled your blood and stuff. And he's all like, it's almost nighttime. That's nighttime is when we do the sacrificing. Uh-huh. And then uh, Joe said, hey. Because <laughs> they're still in the cellar. They can't really hear Malachi screaming across town and stuff. Right. Joe's like, hey, uh, you still looking for that lady, by the way? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. He's like, yes, yes I am. Can yes, you take I me am. to her? <laughs> He's like, "Where? She? I bet she's in the clear. He's like, what the fuck's the clear? Oh, the cornfield over there. You know what they do with sacrifices. You don't know that? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that yes. he, growing up there that he would think this was perfectly normal, but yes. it just seems so weird for him, this little kid, this adorable little kid, Job, to talk about all these human sacrifices in the most like matter-of-fact way possible. Yes. Like, and, oh, she's in the place where they make the human sacrifices. And um, I do like it, whereas I like, it's like okay well can you can you like take me there and they're looking at each other and like oh yeah yeah sure no problem i was like wasn't yeah. coming to the cellar like trying to hide from everybody now you just want to go where they're all hanging out right exactly now they're just going to go to where they are yes so now we are starting the ritual because nighttime now now we are starting the ritual for amos okay mm-hmm. isaac he's freaking out the whole time like somebody get shut this guy up okay he's just freaking out blah blah <laughs> and his weird voice all right. He's like, you know, basically saying, I'm the man. He talks to me. I'm the giver. I'm all this shit. And I was like, fuck, man. Okay, calm down. Yeah, he's still on the cross, right? Yes, he's still on the cross, freaking yeah. out during this whole time. Yeah. Another thing I think is weird about this, too, is like the whole argument was was because Malachi wanted to bring Bert, put her on the cross and bring Bert into the, the cornfield. Yeah. And Isaac wanted to use her as bait. And then they had a big fight, and Malachi apparently won. But then he did Isaac's plan anyway by yeah. bringing her out and using her as bait. I just think that's weird. But, you know, hey, they are little Amish kids, so maybe they don't have the best thought process. Yes. Well, wasn't it Malachi that wanted to use her as bait? Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm confused. Yeah. So maybe Malachi wanted to use her as bait, you know, and, and get her get her off the cross and stuff. Isaac basically So Isaac basically wanted to keep her on the cross. Yeah. So he's like freaking out on the cross. It's like I'm the word giver of his laws. All right. He's like scaring saying that most of the time. And then Bert and Sarah and all them, they're going to the barn top. So um the barn top, so Sarah and Jude know how to uh sneak into the cornfield without being seen. So part of it's going to the barn so they can kind of see everything. So now they see that there's two uh crosses. Uh, corn crosses on there. Bert sees it from a while away. He says, and he basically says, all right, you two wait here. But if I don't come back, you just run to the next town as fast as you can. And they're like, okay. Yeah, like they hadn't thought of that. Yes, exactly. Well, now, like, maybe he's going to distract them or something. Maybe, maybe. Yes. This is when Job uh, tells them to go to the um, the pump. Like, once you go to the pump, like, it's pretty much from there, you can kind of sneak up on, on that way. Mm-hmm. So it's more at nighttime right now. It's very windy outside. Uh, Isaac's still upset. Amos is ready to be sacrificed. Um, he, and then he's like, Amos is like, he has come for me. I'm here, Lord. I'm ready. So there's, there's like something in the ground. And uh, something come in. And this is when Isaac's like, oh, I did everything. 
I did what you commanded. And then he like is screaming. And then we have like this yellow negative graphic that like turns into red and eventually blows up Isaac on the cross. And uh, Amos is down there too. So this uh, this guy got, got two sacrifices for the price of one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I just, I just think it's weird that Isaac explodes. But yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. He was freaking out. It's pretty. That part was pretty entertaining. The little uh, negative yellow coming on him. Yeah. Like lava. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell uh, that they didn't have a lot of money left at this point yes. for that special effect. So now Bert shows up. He's in there. He starts attacking Malachi and stuff. Um, and he, and he, you know, while he's distracting him, he tells Vicky to get out of here. Um, and then Bert's like, what kind of God tells these kids to kill their parents? <laughs> it's like, and then, you know, Malachi is about, you know, after Malachi got beat down a little bit, he gets back up. And then eventually Bert, um, kicks him ass again and this is when Bert's giving this whole passionate speech alright saying like they're you know it has to be the same in all religions you gotta have a religion that has love and, and compassion in it and boy you cannot tell Malachi this he gets freaked out and he starts attacking Bert and then of course Bert just smacks the fuck out of him like he just smacks this kid like fucking little bitch yep <laughs> so I was like damn repeatedly repeatedly all right. Yeah. So and, so Bert's trying to reason with these like crazy kids yeah. about this religion they're in. Yes. And then and then Bert's like, okay, is this what you're after he's done slapping the fuck out of the fucking Malachi? He's like, is this what your God commands? And he throws the knife. Everybody thinks that he killed him, but he didn't. He just clo- he just put the knife close to Malachi and uh he's about to walk off. And all the kids, and then of course Malachi tells all the kids to get him, and our kids are like, "Oh, this is weird. Like, no, I don't want to get him now. Like, this guy might be talking some sense." Yeah. And then out of nowhere, yeah. we you get Zombie Isaac. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Allison. Yeah. This fucking kid turned into a zombie. He did. Out of nowhere. He did. He didn't blow up after all. <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck. How did this turn into like, a zombie movie? Like, where did this come from? And then he has this weird ass voice. Yeah. But it's even weirder than it was to start with. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> uh, before he was like, Malachi. Yeah. And now he has this weird, like, demon voice. Yeah, demon. Zombie demon voice. Yeah. He's all like, he wants you too, Malachi. And then, like, he basically goes up to him and grabs, um, Grabs Malachi by the throat. And then lightning and shit happens. And then all the kids are like running. Apparently during all this stuff, all the kids like ran back to the barn. Because now, since Isaac turned into a corn field zombie demon, yeah. he yes. he made it now where the god is angry. And there's just a bunch of like lightning and shit happening everywhere. Yeah, it's like a big storm's coming and the yes. cornrows are moving and not happy. So eventually, Bert and all of them, they meet up with, um, you know, Vicky brings Vicky back there and everything. And they close the door to, like, this uh, barn that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bert was asking, like, hey, you know, he he's he like, hey, he's asking Jude, I can't say, Judd. He was asking him, Job. like, Job. I can't, 
I don't know why I can't get this guy's name. Anyway, so Bert was asking Job, like, hey, you know, yeah. did any grown-ups ever fight this thing? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the the one who did it oh, was yeah. called the Blue Man. Uh, yeah. Basically, he was a cop, and he went to the uh, the minister, and then the minister told him all about this Bible passage, this Bible stuff about this demon in the forest and shit like that. And then basically this well, guy... Go ahead. No, that's not what happened. So he says... <clears throat> he tells a story about the blue man and he's like, and he came out and he, he came, what do they call that thing? Um, with the hose on it, they, they have a name for it. Um, anyway, know. he's talking about the, the hose thing the, where the hose is, whatever yeah. that thing's called. He's like, he came out to that and he had like a, he had like a page from the Bible in his hand. Yeah. A page from <laughs> and, yeah. Right. And then, um, Bert's like, do you know what the page of the Bible said? And he's like, yeah, I've got it right here in my pocket. Like how fucking convenient. Yeah. After all this time, you kept it in your pocket, fucking just in kid. case this we might kid, need yeah. it someday. Bro, I think this kid was like a fucking. I think he was a troll, because <laughs> he was trolling a lot of people in this movie. He was, yeah. So you still looking for that lady? Yeah, motherfucker, I've been looking for the whole movie. <laughs> what do you, what do you think I'm doing? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, and also, too, you know, I, he was also saying, like, okay, besides this passage, this, uh, this Bible passage and stuff, you know, what else was this guy doing? He's like, well, I guess he was uh, trying to, like, get some gasoline to burn down the field. Well, fuck, man. We should just let me know earlier, okay? Yeah. Well, no, at first, he's like, I don't know what he was going to do. And yeah. then he reads the Bible passage, and it talks about, like, the like the demons being cast into a lake of fire. And it bursts like, like, what the hell does this mean? Yeah. Like, what is he talking about? And then Vicky's like, oh, he was going to burn the cornfield. So then they have to get the little hose thing with all the gas haul in it. Yeah. Um, which apparently is why we have a guy that runs the gasoline shop or whatever um, at the beginning of this movie. Now we're going to, now Bert's going to burn the gas, the cornfield and kill the monster, right? Yeah. And like they were saying, like, okay, you know, the blue man would have done this. But Malachi yeah. got to him before he did. So now Bert's like, all right, give me a hose and some glass bottles. Let's do this shit. So now they get then now they, they're basically gonna finish that plan that originally the that the blue man was gonna do by yeah. uh doing the, the alcohol and doing sprinklers and then put the field the, the cornfield on fire. So they're yeah. doing all this stuff and getting everything ready. Of course he's gonna use that lighter that he got at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I'm lucky for that. Yes. So his plan is basically they turned on the alcohol machine. He just needs to get the hose to the to the pipe that he went by um, part of the movie when he was going to go res- uh, rescue Vicky. And he's going, but it's very windy outside, but he wants to go by himself because he doesn't want to get anybody else, you know, hurt. Um, right. So he goes out there and he's like falling down and the fucking corn starts to like attack him. I thought it was going to be some evil dead moments in here. Like the fucking was, corn... Yeah. It's like wrapping his body around shit. And eventually, um, Job uh, comes and cuts him down. And he's all like... Yeah, cuts the corn off of him. Bird's like, what are you doing here? Get out of here and stuff. Like, go go back to the place. And then he just leaves. And Job is like, well, excuse me. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And then he just he's shows... Like, I just saved your ass. Yeah. And then, like, Bert is trying to get the fucking hose on there. He can't do it. And then he sees Joe, uh, Job right there. And he's like, hey, get that valve. So now they start working together. 
and they get the uh, they randomly get the the valve working and everything, and then they start spraying it. So all the the, the spray is all spraying the whole cornfield of alcohol, gasoline. Yeah, 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 yeah gasoline. Uh, Bert throws his little uh, cocktail, fucking. Uh, yeah, would you? It was a little, Molotov cocktail. Yes, throws that shit in there, and he fucking he misses. <laughs> yeah. Joe runs out and grabs it. You think some tension's gonna happen? It doesn't. He just gives it back to him. And then Bert well, throws. Didn't he say like throw it right this time? Yeah, throw it right. Yeah, okay. so like, get it right. Here you go. So he throws it, and eventually everything burns up. It blows up, and uh, uh, Sarah and Vicky think they got blown up, but they didn't. So they made it back. And this is when we, during all the stuff we keep seeing like some big red flame, like some big red cloud. Mm-hmm. And after it all blows up, the red cloud kind of goes away. Huh. So then this is when Sarah's like, <laughs> I like this line. She's like, is it dead? Bert's like, maybe. He's like, well, why are we running then? He's like, get out. Let's get going just in case. That's good, 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 good thought there. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to run. Fuck it, the thing's dead. I saw it blow up. <laughs> so now they go by uh, Bert's car. Because apparently all the other kids, they just vanished or disappeared or died or something. Because it's only the four of them right now. We yeah, only have maybe they just burnt, burnt up in the cornfield. I guess I don't know what the fuck happened. They just all just vanished. They're just like maybe gone. they all just like maybe they all went to the other town or something. I have no idea. So, um, but uh, so they're at they're at Bert's car, and Bert's car is all like fucking corned up. Like it's like, like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like it's corn like coming corn, out of everywhere. Like corn, corn fan flies. Yes, <laughs> and then they start like cracking jokes and shit. They're like, okay, yeah. well, we got two orphan kids here now. Maybe they could stay with us for a week. And then <laughs> Vicky's like, oh, maybe they could stay with us for a month. And Bert was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could tell Bert wanted to drop him off, but Vicky wanted to keep the kids. So, yeah, so now I guess they're going to they're gonna adopt these two little Amish kids. Yes. So One of which then, can see the future. Yes. So then after that, they have to go get a map to kind of figure out, because they, they can't drive the car because it's full of corn and shit. It's so full they, of corn and shit, yeah. So now they have to walk to the next town. And so uh, Bert goes in and gets a map, and that fucking preacher girl wakes up like a zombie. I guess she's one, too. <laughs> she, like, fails hardcore to try to kill Bert. Like, yeah. super crashes and burns. And then um, she tries to come out, and Vicky slams her with the door. And Bert's like, well, fuck, I think you knocked her out. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll send her a get well card from Seattle. <laughs> Let's get out of here. So, <laughs> Go ahead. I guess she was hiding in the car the whole time. Yeah. She was trying to do a sneak attack and it totally failed. Right. Duh. All right. Yeah. She ain't no All fucking right. Malachi, apparently. So then we get that. Then we get the credits and they just walk away. Mm-hmm. And that ends The Children of the Corn, brother. Not a bad movie, I would say. Not a bad movie. Um, I was going to ask you something about this movie too, because I don't remember this and maybe I'd walked into the kitchen and, or I just don't remember watch this part. So, okay. So remember when they go into the, the house and the kids are playing Monopoly? Yes. They're also listening to Runaway by Del Shannon really quietly on the, on the, on the record player. Yes. Cause so do, you, do you remember that? Yeah. Cause it's forbidden. Right. Right. It's forbidden. So, I remember the uh, a, a previous time that I saw this movie, like maybe when it was new, even that there's a scene where Bert and Vicky are walking around the town, 
and they hear Runaway play really loud, and that's what Grant drags into the house. But I don't remember this from the version that I saw. Did that happen in this movie? Well, um, they might have heard some sound, but I think what, what drawed them to the house was that Bert saw somebody cl- open and close the door inside the house. So that's really weird. I wonder if this, this the version that we, did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Yes. Yeah, me too. I wonder if the version on Amazon Prime is edited because they don't have the rights to that song anymore, even though the song is in the movie. Yeah. It's just playing really quiet when they're listening. But I remember that specifically, and it's like weird. It's almost like it's a false memory or something. But I remember them walking through the town, and all of a sudden they hear Runaway playing really loud. And then they go into the into the house, or that's what dr- brings them to the house to find them. So I don't know. I wonder if the movie's been changed for some reason. Could be. Could be a little altered. Could be our memories are altered. We'll see. But Maybe. I remember when they first go in the house, I remember... Bert saying something about like, hey, I saw that door open and stuff. I just want to check this out really quick. There could be somebody inside there that has mm-hmm. like a phone. So, But uh, like I said, not too bad of a movie. You know what I mean? I, I like the uh, visual effects of the movie. Uh, the kid actors were pretty good, especially the people that played Malachi and Isaac. They're pretty uh, creepy. Uh, Malachi had very, very intense facial reactions. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good story. You know, it's not like violent or anything like that. It is a, a little creepy and stuff. But, you know, it's not, not too bad. A pretty good, uh, pretty good movie, movie to start off our month of uh, cornfields and scarecrows. Yeah. It's a little bit too absurd to be really scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. So it's, it's a nice little movie, though. I can see why uh people like you know like i see why they got a little bit more sequels and stuff because you know it's a very good it's a very interesting concept you know what i mean mm-hmm. having like these kids kill their parents and bring on like the, like cults and stuff you know because you know probably cults during this time were kind of getting kind of big and kind of well known yeah. and you know they just bring that into a movie with what what happens if a kids do a cult like if you actually have a, a whole kids cult and stuff and they kill their parents there's no supervision there you know, and they're just going by like some of this cult leader's rules and stuff. So it's a very like disturbing movie when it comes to that and very eye opening when it comes to that too. So I thought that part was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Kind of like in uh, Lord of the Flies, the book, Lord of the Flies. Yes, exactly. Mm. But everybody that has been our review of children of the corn. Uh, hope you guys liked it. And, uh, we will be back here next week on the retro blood continuing the cornfield month. Cause we're going to be talking all about, Scarecrow. Ooh. Now, is it the Scarecrow or is it just Scarecrow? It's called Scarecrows. Oh, Scarecrows. Oh, there's more than one. Okay. Yeah. All right. We, we don't Eventually. need one. We need more. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, so we don't know how many Scarecrows there are, but it's implied that there's more than one. Yes. It does that, by the way. But uh, obviously, we're, we're going to leave you guys with some rat that closes out here. And let's just do round by round and round. I mean, come on, you can't. You gotta, you gotta do that one, brother. Yeah, it's gotta be round and round. Yeah, because our boy Isaac, he was round and round the fuck. He's running all around this fucking place, here, there, everywhere. <laughs> this motherfucker was busy this whole movie, killing people. You know, Isaac, corn zombie demon, round and around everywhere. Bert over here, all he wanted to do is his medical practice, and he runs into some crazy kids. Now he has to adopt two of them. Shit. So, but uh. But yeah, everybody, that's the Retro Blood, and we will check you here next time. Later. See you guys. <laughs>